0: you're listening to the sports scramble podcast where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of sec bias now here are your hosts chet jacob wade and tyler
1: What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started.
0: Hello, sports faithful out there. We are back for another episode of the Sports Scramble podcast. Uh, joined tonight by Tyler and Wade. Uh, Chet's out for uh, some business, so he cannot join us tonight. So we wish him safe travels doing that. Um, but we're here. We're going to talk a little sports. Uh, and, of course, we'll start off with the with the fantasy sports, I think, and uh, a couple of our matchups. Uh, I know Wade and I are battling it out. We this
2: are. <laughs> Right on each other. <laughs>
0: like
2: white on rice.
0: <laughs> it's a close game. I think Wade's only down by six right now. So we still got a couple guys left to play. Uh, Tyler, I don't know who you're playing this week.
1: I'm playing Chris this week. Uh, he had Lamar Jackson that had an absolute game today. Uh, the Ravens didn't. The Ravens absolutely choked their game today. They were up like – 28-7 to seven at one point. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, well, the interesting part about our matchup is I have Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, which both had a touchdown, which I was okay with that, which I was not okay with, was whenever Lamar Jackson had a 79-yard touchdown run then, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm down by 10. He still has Dalvin Cook and Gabe Davis, and I have Miles Sanders. So this is pretty much over unless Miles Sanders can go back to his Penn State days and have like three or four touchdowns.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that and the fact that, like, uh, the elephant in the room being Tua, uh, yes, that, uh, that's crazy. That guy had 44 fantasy fo- points today. Uh, yeah,
2: six touchdowns will do that.
0: Uh, unbelievable. Uh, heck of a turnout. I mean, that's that looks like it's looking up for the Dolphins this year. I mean, you start the season off 2 0, a big statement win. Uh, Nobody can catch Tyree Hill. I think Tyree Kill is still still in his prime. He is uh, very much still a threat. So I think uh, I think the Dolphins' wide receiver core and their receiving core as a whole is one to look out for uh, in the near future. Uh, but I don't I, you think
2: I, that everyone just kind of gave Tua too much like of a hard time early in his career. I mean, yeah. Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow had success out of that draft class, but I mean when Herbert, you know um makes bad plays and when Joe makes bad plays they're still viewed as the quarterbacks of the future I mean Tua was better than those guys um for the majority of his college career until you know Joe just absolutely took over the sport (laughs) Um, down the stretch but I mean Tua was a Heisman candidate back-to-back years was the projected number one pick until Joe took over so um I just feel like Tua's still there the talent's there
0: yeah, I think there's very much a chip on his yeah. shoulder still from his college days. Um, great quarterback. I mean, being a lefty, he's one of the few out there. Uh, I mean, he's the only
2: active starting left-handed quarterback.
0: I, I can believe it. But, yeah, I mean, it uh, it, it looks good for – it looks up for the Dolphins. I, I think uh, they're out of the uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick days. Uh, <laughs> those are some fun days watching the Dolphins. But, uh, yeah, I think it's – it's uh, it's looking up for them. Speaking of Ryan Fitzpatrick, on a side note, I saw that him and Brady were like hated rivals when they used to play each other, uh, when Brady was still with New England. And I thought it was kind of funny. Like that Brady said he was he hated him the most out of any other quarterback in the league. And I'm thinking, really, Ryan Fitzpatrick out of everybody, it wasn't like an Aaron Rodgers or a Peyton Manning. No, it had to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was the, uh, the pesky kid that, at Harvard when uh, you know when Brady was getting started in New England. Fitzpatrick was down the road and, uh, at uh, Harvard, and maybe he just got under his skin. I don't know. Maybe there's a <laughs> hidden story out there floating in the interweb.
0: Maybe so. And uh, I guess, Tyler, I think you were in Baton Rouge this weekend for uh, the LSU-Mississippi State game. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Were you there, Wade?
2: Oh yeah, we went together.
0: Yeah, okay. we went um, together. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, sorry. So Cool kids only. Yes. Uh, I funny. skipped the game. I decided to uh, stay home and watch my lovely Penn State faithful. Hey, that was a good choice.
2: Game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'd much rather do that. Sorry, guys, but I will be joining soon. I'll, I'll, I'll be going to some games soon. Yeah, but. you
2: gotta come down to <laughs> Baton Rouge. But yeah, we had a fun time. It was a good game. Uh, Tyler can attest to that. I think that we we're just really impressed with the defense. Um, several game balls on the defense. BJ Orjolari had two sacks. I think Harold Perkins had two sacks. So that was my takeaway, Tyler. Uh, what what stood out to you about the Tigers? Uh, honestly, definitely the
1: defense. I think uh, holding you know that Mississippi State air raid attack to uh, 254 yards of total offense and just. Over two hundred yards past, I think the defense really did a good job. I mean obviously, in the first half they they gave up thirteen points, and the offense wasn't able to do much outside of the last touchdown by dre Jenkins but man, I don't know what Brian Kelly said in the locker room, but all the adjustments uh it worked in the second half, but I just think that the momentum shifter was Austin Williams dropping that uh punt, and that ultimately changed their trajectory of that game. In the fourth quarter, you saw LSU uh, get 21 straight unanswered points. I mean, Tiger Stadium was rocking Death Valley at at night. It's just no other, I mean, no other stadium comes close to that. I mean, Penn State is probably uh, 1A, 1B to to Tiger Stadium, but those are the top two stadiums and any any other stadium doesn't really come close to that atmosphere. But definitely a big win for LSU, obviously with the struggle that they had against Florida State and uh, the, the win last week and against Southern, but, so this is, this is a really good uh, win. Obviously you're one and know in conference play now, uh, and then you have New Mexico and then you're right back in uh, the conference play for the majority of the season.
0: Do you think it's, it was a case of Mississippi state, like everybody just sharing a giant size Butterfinger at halftime <laughs> and them <laughs> not being able to hold on to the ball? Cause I mean, they look like they had Vaseline on their hands and, um, that was pretty bad, but do you think my question to both of y'all is, do you think that it was the right move for Brian Kelly to give Jaden Daniels the game ball after the game?
1: Yeah, I think you earned
0: it. I mean, I probably would have gave it
1: to to one of the running backs. I think our Goodwin had a really good game. Uh, I think the the 47 yard touchdown run really sealed the deal, but I think that Jaden Daniels as much crap as he gets uh, from LSU fans. I think he's a really solid quarterback. I mean, I, there are some times, you know, where, you know, he has some missed throws. I mean, his accuracy has been off uh, throughout his four years of college. And then uh, sometimes, you know, he likes to, to run too much. But honestly, like, he got, like, many first downs with his legs, and he got a touchdown as well going up 17-16. to 16. Uh, But, yeah, I think that, you know, the game ball, obviously, uh, they did two, one on the offense. The defense went to Matt house uh, the defensive coordinator. He definitely deserved it, I think. They definitely had the right defensive scheme against the air raid, but I think you could have gave it to, to the whole running back core because they had 216 total yards rushing. That's really huge. And I think this offensive line deserves a game ball, too. I don't think that Jane Daniels, they ever got sacked in this game. So, offensive line, if they can continue to do this, I mean, I could see a eight or nine wins still on this schedule.
2: Uh, yeah, I think Daniels uh, held his own. I mean, he stepped it up and made – some big time runs on third down and then had a, a beautiful throw on fourth down, um, coming out of a timeout while LSU was driving. Uh, I think that was to go ahead score. Um, uh, they didn't score on that play, but I think it was a, a big strike to Malik neighbors, um, got LSU inside the 10. I think that was kind of the turning point uh for the Tigers offense. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's doing pretty good. And, um, you know, as that offensive line continues to develop, I think that we'll see him be able to spread the ball around a little bit more, but um, yeah, that that was a big win for, for LSU. And I think we figured out a lot about the SEC West um, and that it really is kind of wide open. And, um, you know, but speaking of the West, I mean, your Nittany Lions just dismantled (laughs) the Auburn Tigers. That's one team that we know probably is going to be on the outside looking in from the West. They might be, um, at the very bottom, but uh, a very big statement win for Penn State. So
0: we got to yeah. give you got to give you some time on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shifting to that one. Yeah, I mean, still an SEC. I mean, really the SEC versus Big Ten matchup. Um, we don't. We haven't seen it much. We really don't see it at all, um, unless it's in a playoff. The Outback Bowl. Or, yeah, yeah, or a bowl or a playoff environment. So I mean, it's. Um, I think it's good. It, that's the first time that. A Big Ten team has been to Jordan Hare before. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the environment was pretty good. I think that you know for three quarters. Sold, I think yeah. I think they sold <laughs> out the stadium for three quarters, um, and then it was kind of a mass uh, takeover of white. So uh, I, I think uh, I think Penn State fans, the turnout was way bigger than expected. I mean, I saw stuff blowing up all over Twitter talking about how they were taking over the bars in town. It was just massive amounts of Penn State people, and they are like, where did these people come from? Mm-hmm. I'm sure people in Auburn didn't know that these people existed, uh, which is kind of funny. So I, it's a different type of football. Um, it's a good blend. I mean, SEC is hard-hitting uh, football, and it's it's air attack, big offense meets Penn State, which, you know, most Big Ten teams are – Slow moving and and they're defensive minded first, and uh, I think it blended really well. I mean, and it uh, was a great game for Penn State. I think game ball in that game has to go to Nick Singleton. I mean that that uh, was a huge performance for him being a freshman. Uh, you're the national player of the year, and you basically owned him. on like in the secondary. Every nobody's gonna catch him if he gets out. And uh, a lot of credit goes to that offensive line on for, for, that, for that very reason. I'm making huge holes, holes I ain't seen in years. So uh, it was great to see that. And defensively, I mean, eight sacks by the defense uh, is pretty unbelievable up against an SEC opponent. I mean, that's wild to me. Uh, two interceptions and two fumbles. So, I mean, all around great game for them. I think it's something to build on. You got two kind of slow games before you really ramp up before you have to go to Ann Arbor and face Michigan. So I mean, I think it's good uh for those watching. Yes, I'm repping my Penn State gear tonight. I'm kind of I like it. <laughs> kind of repping my Penn oh, State.
1: Yeah. I'm always repping my old shoe stuff in the back. Winner lose. January. Louisiana. Yes, <laughs> he's repping, always repping the boot. <laughs> Not so, for the same. Uh, Penn State gave Auburn the boot. That's for sure.
0: Yes. 41 to 12. I mean, it was a beatdown. And I think, uh, I think it's something to come. I think we should see more Big Ten SEC matchups. I don't know what y'all's thoughts are on, you know, big conference playing against each other early on in the season before conference play happens. You know, I mean, a lot of what happens now, what we see currently is teams play cupcakes to, to open the season. And then when, uh, you know, they are up against some big power five team that might not be in their conference. And all of a sudden we go, hmm, wait, what's happening here? And they're struggling.
2: Yeah, they I know, like I just, that rule that yeah. they have to play a power five team. I think it leads to some cool matchups. We had Mississippi State at Arizona. You know, we had Washington at – or <laughs> Michigan State at Washington. Uh, of course, Penn State and Auburn. Um, Ohio – State played Notre Dame, Michigan and Georgia, I mean, not Michigan and Georgia. That was in the playoff, <laughs> Georgia and Oregon. Uh, so, you know, some really good, Um, I, I call them national brands, I guess. You know, it, like you said, the Auburn fans kind of showed out of nowhere. But, I mean, that's a big alumni network and certainly probably a large present in the Atlanta area, you would think, and not too far of a drive. So the fans are going to show up. That's not the, the issue. The issue is – these teams think that, hey, if we lose one or two games, our season's over. We're not going to make a big bowl game. We're not going to make the playoff. I think the playoff expansion will help with that because you could lose two games and still make the playoff. But I also think that there's going to be more on the line and more teams are going to have a chance at making the playoff. So teams might not want to schedule teams that can come in and physically beat them up. I mean, playing Penn State – is not the break that playing UAB or Troy or something, one of your in-state schools, I mean, before you gear up to play Tennessee and Georgia and, and Alabama later in the year. So adding someone like that to the mix, you know, it's a, it's a risk. Uh, but I think overall it's really good for the sport. So I hope that that continues. Um, I hope we see more of it, honestly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I and- know you, I know you brought up uh, big 10 schools playing the SEC. If USC and UCLA make the move by 2024, LSU actually plays both of them in a year or so. LSU might face
0: two Big Ten teams in uh, back-to-back. Very
2: non-traditional Big Ten. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think the the real problem, you know, you see, let's, let's backpedal a week. I mean, let's go back and look how Alabama started the season against Utah State, and they have to travel to Texas – Um, a power five school that's on the come up that at least we think. And uh, it looks like, you know, they weren't ready for it. I mean, they, they really didn't show up until the fourth quarter. And then again, they still struggled. So, I mean, it it says a lot. I think it, it's going to come down to conference play at the end of the day. uh, You know, and that's, you know, if the playoff changing over and doing whatever it's going to do uh, in the next couple of years, two or four years, uh, I mean, I think you're okay. If Auburn was to schedule Penn State like they are now, Auburn loses. I think if Auburn ends up, you know, winning majority of the rest of their games and they lose one, then I think they're still within that area where they can be a two-loss or a three-three-loss lo- team, excuse me, and still make it to the playoff. They might be ranked really low, but I think that's ultimately possible for some teams in order to do that. Um, And I think you're going to see that with teams like in the ACC and in the big 12 uh, first and foremost, but yeah, I mean, it was a great week, uh, fantastic week for, for college football. Um, As far as the games that were a little odd for, for week three, um, what was, we'll go through, I guess the upsets. So, Uh, I know Wade. You picked a a big upset, uh, and they came through. Jayhawks.
2: The Jayhawks beat uh, Houston on the road by 14 points.
0: So uh,
2: Kansas is undefeated, and they are playing Duke this weekend. I think Duke either has one loss or they might be undefeated. Um, You know, we're used to seeing that kind of matchup on the hardwood between those two schools being powerhouse uh, at basketball. You know, Kansas just won the national championship, so. Um, but yeah, on the gridiron, on the football field, no, we're not used to that at all. And um, I think that'd be a fun, fun college game day atmosphere if they were to do it. But um, something tells me they might head to Clemson, uh, or potentially You're heading to Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah. So they they announced it. Yeah. Going to Knoxville. All right. Well, Tennessee is deserving for sure, but Florida, you know, coming off a a near loss, uh, you know, this is the upset segment. They almost got upset, so. Uh, I think Tennessee, you know, they'll have the energy there, but I don't think the game will be quite as good as maybe that Kansas one could be.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think mentioning, you know, talking about Clemson there, I think, you know, Louisiana tech stuck with Clemson for three quarters, which yeah, there was are a lot of close games, like pretty that. impressive. And yeah, I mean, that's crazy to think about that. Um, you know, another close game out West uh, I mean, South Alabama, Sunbelt school, yeah, going I was about to UCLA to say. and leading all the way up to the last second, UCLA kicks a mm-hmm. game winning field goal. I mean, that's, I think it says a lot about, I think it says more about South Alabama than it does UCLA. Absolutely. Um, playing yeah, looks a five, like a solid team. Sure. I mean, playing a power five school in that environment, I mean, I don't care who it is in the Pac-12, uh, it's good. It's tough. I mean, they're getting way more recruiting and better recruits than you are, of course. And, uh they held their own, I mean, for, for a while and uh, credit to them. And I think it says a lot about how UCLA is. I mean, you struggled against a group of five school in your own stadium, you know, in your own environment. So, I mean, it, it it says a lot. So I think, uh, I think as we've mentioned, the Sunbelt fun belt, I think is on the rise. So I think it's, uh, I think it's rewarding for them. And of course, speaking of the, Sunbelt Funbelt. Uh we can talk about that wild game in Boone, North Carolina mm-hmm. where college game day was. Uh Troy facing off against uh App State. I I wanted that game to be televised, nationally televised. Um it was on ESPN Plus, which of course I'm I'm not going to worry about it then. But uh man, crazy game, Tyler.
1: Yeah. I mean, you couldn't imagine a perfect ending for App State. I mean, this team is just a team of destiny in this way. They, you know, last week, we all remember them beating Texas A&M College Station, and then they come in this week. Like, Troy really dominated this game, and then App State, uh Chase Price absolutely throws up a prayer. It was highly underthrown, but it doesn't matter. It's batted <laughs> right into the receiver's hands, and he waltzes right into the end zone. It's just mass pandemonium in, in Boone, so – I mean Luke Cones was there he was a guest picker uh, for college game day so I mean I mean how can you not like app state I mean if you don't then you're just missing out on some good games every week
0: Yeah I thought it was pretty crazy watching game day and they had so many people there and I'm thinking that's got to be the entire town of Boone right there and yeah. you know students and just citizens included and they're crazy about their, their App State football. And uh, they have people climbing in the trees and stuff. I was like, man, these yeah, people. Yeah, they were are... camping out like overnight uh, for game day.
1: I mean, they are a very passionate fan base up there. I know. They're they're wild. And uh,
0: I think it's – well, Wade, they're up there towards your neck of the woods. Yeah, sorta, so. I've been up there for a game. It's
2: cool. It's a cool environment. <laughs> uh, when good. I went, it was pouring rain. And it was on the front end of a hurricane. Um, and the bands were kind of pushing – up into the mountains so you know boone's nowhere near the coast but they kind of got the the storm part of it and um yeah it was appalachian state against wyoming i was telling tyler about this game i thought i saw josh allen play in person but i wasn't that cool i didn't get to so
0: um
2: whoever the random wyoming quarterback was i don't know but um yeah it was a cool environment and uh you know that that team kind of represents a region it's in the name you know appalachian state they're not called western north carolina state or anything like they do represent southern virginia northern north carolina and and um you know even eastern tennessee to some regard so um they have a big a big following and they've done a really good job transitioning up the ranks into fbs football i mean they were an FCS team the last time they pulled off a big upset against uh, Michigan. So to not only transition up to the FBS level, they're consistently playing for Sunbelt titles and, um, you know, really representing the, the school well.
0: Yeah, I mean, a team that's consistently uh, been on the edge of the top 25 um, every year for the last number five or six Years, so I mean, it's it's been pretty impressive to see what they've done. And speaking of rankings, um, I guess we can run through yeah. our not so early, early um, CFB rankings as far hey, as we a quarter far, of the so. way there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our early, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: our early playoff rankings. Um, Tyler, I'll let you lead it off. I know that you've probably spent a lot more time on this than Wade and I have yeah, we're friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: I mean my top four hasn't changed I know in week one I had Utah making it to the, to the college football playoff in the end so I'm just going to substitute them with USC I think that it's going to be Georgia Alabama Ohio State uh, and USC is my top four I think that Georgia I mean they're going to be a very hard team to beat I, I might have to change them to be the SEC champions and Alabama be that team with the one loss so We'll see. But Georgia's looking unstoppable. They just put a, a whooping on South Carolina and Columbia and then Alabama. Uh, obviously, had that close game with Texas. And then now they they face uh, Vanderbilt this upcoming weekend to start SEC play. And then Ohio State's uh, really been looking good. Uh, I mean, that Notre Dame game, I uh, can't really buy into that much. Uh, so we'll have to see how Ohio State looks against uh, some the top of the Big Ten competition, especially that Penn State game. I want to see how they do on the road uh, in a hostile environment. And then I think that USC is is the best team in the Pac-12. I think that it's going to – I still think it comes down to to Utah and and USC so far. Uh, Maybe Oregon slides in there of how they looked against BYU this weekend. Uh, But that's going to be my top four uh,
2: going into week four. Uh, I'll stick with my original four. Everybody's still alive, but I will rearrange the numbering Actually, that's not true. I had Alabama Mm -hmm. over Georgia, so I'm going to make one substitution and put Georgia at number one. Uh, To me, they look like they're the top talent in the SEC. Um, I think that if they win the SEC championship over Alabama, I don't think the committee is going to throw Alabama in there um, just for another rematch. So I'm going to go with Ohio State grabbing the two spot, and then I'm actually going to put Michigan at the three spot because um, Michigan and Ohio State will play at the end of the season, but then the winner will have to play for the Big Ten Championship um, against a Western team. So I think that because they're on the same side, one of them can sneak in without winning the championship. Um, and then I'm going to put Clemson in at number four. They don't look great. Uh, as Jacob alluded to, they barely held on against Louisiana Tech, but ultimately I think they'll be an undefeated Conference champ uh, probably will have a slightly tougher schedule, um, strength of schedule than Southern Cal. And I could still see Utah knocking off Southern Cal at some point. Uh, they might have to play twice. So um, I like Clemson's path a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I think it's a battle of the paths. And for me, I think uh, I have Georgia at one. I think that's unanimous for all of us. That's pretty easy to pick there. They look unstoppable. Uh, as far as number two goes, I think by the end of the season, I would have to put USC at two. Um, I, yeah, think their I, schedule, oh, bold. I think their schedule pans out better than some others. Um, in the way that some of these other teams have played and who they've played, uh, hinting at Alabama, I think if Alabama doesn't figure it out offensively, this is not the same Alabama offense that we're used to Uh and I think that they can be beat. If that is the case, um, I don't think they make it as a two loss. I mean, if they get beat by somebody, there's still very good odds that they make it to the SEC championship game. Well, who's to say that Georgia doesn't stomp them in the, you know, SEC? Oh, yeah. They're out at that point. Then you're a two loss team at that point. You're not there anymore. That's kind of where I'm thinking at. Um, as far as number three goes, I mean, really, you're, you're thinking about a Big Ten team here at that point. And um, for me, of course, I'm going to play a little biased because I I like the way – looking at all three schedules for – because nobody in the Big Ten West is going to come out and, and take that, that spot. Um, no. There's nobody that's going to compete for that. Okay, not at all. No. You have three teams in the Big Ten East that are going to compete for it. Um, As far as those three schedules go, the people I have the most confidence in would be Penn State, and that's just the way it's kind of structured. I mean, looking at the schedule, Ohio State has to play Wisconsin this weekend, this upcoming weekend. Uh, They play Rutgers, and then they got to go Michigan State, Uh, Michigan State, Penn State, and I believe one other, and I can't remember who it is now, Uh, but they have a very tough – in Iowa, sorry, there, Iowa. So you go Michigan State, oh. Penn State, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, it, uh, it could be interesting for them. And as far as Michigan goes, they haven't played anybody, so I can't I can't put them yeah.
2: – <laughs> they played yeah. uh, Hawaii and UConn, two of
0: them. Yeah, worst teams. <laughs> so – and as far as four goes, I have to agree with you, Wade. I think Clemson's probably my team to fill out the top four – um that way look we have a spread so i've got three no. of the, three of them come the, on i'd rather see michigan fight. or ohio state in there <laughs> <laughs> well, there's you might happen. not you might not yeah see did you put you said ohio state two and michigan three uh yeah but i mean i could keep in state assuming
2: the spot of michigan i just um you know just kind of going off where the rankings are right now but uh yeah. I, I think that the big 10 east is stronger than the sec west this year, and we've seen that you know kind of scenario in the West where the runner-up with one regular season loss, you know, sneaks into the playoffs. So whoever's that number two team in the East, I feel pretty confident um, has a chance to make it as long as there's not multiple undefeated conference champions. If USC is undefeated, then um, yeah, they're, you're right. Each conference will probably just get the one team.
0: Yeah, because I mean, when you yeah. once you get to that scenario, I mean, ultimately, what would have to happen? If there were a case where you had three one-loss teams and an undefeated team, us expecting Georgia goes undefeated this year, um, It, I mean, what would have to happen is, is Ohio State and Michigan would play this year, whoever wins that game would ultimately end up, you know, losing in, in the Big Ten Championship. I mean, right. they would have to trade off. Losing in the Big Ten Championship. That should be the automatic. Winner. Come <laughs> on. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that that's the problem with that division is that what happens when, I mean, all three teams play each other in, in one season. So when you get down to it, you're playing against Everybody, and, and it might come down to I have to beat this person by a certain point margin in yeah. order to make it to the Big Ten championship. Um, and then again, you have to turn around and play a Big Ten West team, which is inferior to the two opponents that you've already played. And it's kind of odd. I mean, you really have to hope that you win both games. I mean, that's best best case scenario is you beating both Michigan and Ohio State or you Hope and pray that they both duke it out and both beat up on each other. You know, I mean that—that's really your only your only hope at that point. So, I mean, it, it's tough, and I think it presents a new challenge when USC and, and UCLA come in. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about that.
2: <laughs> the new
0: West. I know we will have plenty of time to talk about that. Um, but our first segment there was brought to you by uh, Bayou. buffalo bayou brewing company i'm sorry it's a lot of bees um so uh bbbc yeah so so it's uh they're doing a great work out there in houston and i know chet has gone out there and seen those guys and uh, if you guys want to find out more about them you can go to www.buffbrew.com go check them out they are right there on the outside of the skyline of houston a great time, and I'm sure we will be out there soon enough. Uh, but moving on, uh, I think next on the agenda is Tyler's fantasy corner once again. So, uh, Tyler, you, who's your who's your standouts? Your three standouts for uh, this week, and your three, uh, I guess, fall offs of of the week.
1: Um. So three standouts obviously is gonna be the two forty point scores this weekend. and to Tua Tonga Valoa uh, because like Wade said, I think a lot of people doubt him come out of college, you know, of, of his injuries of injury prone. But I knew that Tua was gonna be good in the NFL. We saw what he did with the receivers that Alabama had, especially with Devonte Smith, uh, and then Henry Ruggs and all that. But I just think that, you know. Like I said, this was a you know Dolphins team that was down twenty to seven and he was able, you know, rally the troops. I mean, two touchdowns to Tyree Kill. I mean, Tyree Kill is just showing that he can do the same thing like he did at Kansas City, uh, now in Miami, and then Jaden uh Jalen Waddle, excuse me, uh really had a big game as well. I think a lot of people were writing off Jalen Waddle in fantasy. People just thought that like Tyree Kill was just gonna get all of it. But a lot of people, you know, don't remember that Jalen Waddle was the rookie of the year last year and uh, that it was to his favorite target so I think a lot of people are, like really disregarded that so I, I think that if you have Jalen Waddle, you pretty much need to start him uh every week Wade, <laughs> every week start this man because I mean he will be
2: Zeke is sitting the bench
1: I mean uh first game you know he had a touchdown today he has a touchdown as well Two so touchdowns. I just think you know like Now, I think this is, like, good news for Jalen Waddle now that Tyreek is there because the best cornerback is going to be on Tyreek, and then whoever's a cornerback, number two, uh, will be on um, Jalen Waddle. So, uh, obviously, the the second uh, standout player of the day was Lamar Jackson, RB1, of what Chris uh, calls him, and he he played, like, RB1 today. He had a 79-yard touchdown run, and then he also added three touchdowns, one Andrews and then one. Uh, to bateman and then uh so yeah that is uh my next standout uh let me go down the list here i wasn't really prepared for this yeah i right caught there. you off
0: guard on that one didn't I? <laughs> well, I didn't I well what is there
1: really to talk about in, in fantasy anymore just some waiver wire picks but i do that every monday but really like the the two fallouts so far uh this this weekend or the past two it weeks's got to be travis Etienne. i just This was a guy that I had coming into the season. All I heard was this guy is going to be the featured running back And that, you know, uh, James Robinson's Achilles (laughs) that he suffered in December. He wasn't going to be healthy until December. Well, the man, you know, had like a –
2: He's Iron Man. I love James (laughs) Robinson now. He has a 31-yard – I I commend the guy.
1: Yeah, he has a 31-yard touchdown uh, drive today uh, with the Jaguars winning – in a shutout today against uh, the Indianapolis Colts, which is a team that I'm sure that we'll talk about here uh, in a minute. But They uh, can be your
2: next team. They can be your, your
1: downgrade as a unit.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know what, all those points to Jacksonville and Houston. Oh, my gosh.
1: And then uh, my next standout for me has got to be the man Cooper Cup himself. He just continues to be him. He had two touchdowns today, over 100 yards receiving. So he continues uh, to be Matt Stafford's favorite target they do have alan robinson i did see him get a touchdown so that's good for him i know that a lot of people are trying to drop him week one but i mean if you drafted him in, in you know round four you definitely gotta keep him for the next couple of weeks uh but yeah just you know some that's really all i had in my fantasy quarter he kind of caught me off guard here
2: <laughs> hey an expert can never be off guard yeah, yeah sure. spit out great information
0: it's always ready uh it, ready? Keeping it with the NFL talk, you know, you mentioning the Jags in a shutout today. Yeah. Uh, Some recap for for the games that have happened today. Or, you know, the games in the first two weeks of of the regular season here. Sure. uh, I think are different than what we've expected. um, And, of course, what the analytics have said about these games. Uh, Shoot. I mean, Detroit coming with a big win today. uh, And I didn't expect it. I mean, they were playing Washington, but... At the same time, I didn't expect the Lions to put up 36 points. Their offense looks good in a game, but they look they look really good. And uh I think it's funny because it's it's a weird culture, and I think it's a good culture because Dan Campbell brings something that nobody else brings to the table, and uh it's insanity. So I, I think he fits well there. Um, with that one. And the only other one that, uh, that's that got my eye is the Giants winning again today. So they started yeah. the season 2-0. and oh. uh, God almighty, the New York Giants have started the season. No. Two. That's <laughs> wild. But yeah. it, it, And the Jets, 1-1. One one. Yeah, Maybe the Jets. Want, I mean, the Browns, eight.
1: what, were up like 17-3 to, to three at one point? Yeah, and then
0: Chubb
2: couldn't do it all. I mean, he yeah, did it all, but it wasn't enough.
0: But that's wild to me. I mean, uh, the Patriots and the Steelers battling out today, that was a all-out battle, I mean, ground game battle, because uh, really wasn't much passing in that game. Uh, tough, grinded-out game. Um, and then pivoting to the Bucks and the Saints, speaking of grinded-out in battle. Oh, uh, punch it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can talk about the fact that Mike <laughs> Evans and uh, – Lattimore, Lattimore. Decided they, Marshawn Lattimore, yeah, Marshawn Lattimore decided they were both going to get ejected from the game uh, because they can't stand to keep their hands off of each other. Um, yeah. It's like they were in a lovely relationship. They every every time, every time, <laughs> pretty meet, much has been like a like a yearly base
2: relationship. Like these two guys do not like each other at all. You have to think the refs talked to them before the games or talked to their coaches and said like, "There's a zero tolerance thing here because." I mean, honestly, what Lattimore did probably didn't warrant an ejection. But, I mean, as soon as he taunted him, you knew that Evans was going to come off the bench and start slinging. So, I think that they just – they knew that he was taunting him or whatever. So. That. <laughs> uh,
0: Chet said that uh, it's BS that Lattimore got ejected. Yeah, it should have been Evans and Fournette. Uh, Chet, I don't agree with you because Fournette's on my fantasy team and I can't have that happen to me. Um but, uh, I mean, I have to agree with Mike Evans. He he deserved to be ejected. He Evans really came off the
1: sideline <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, sure. yeah, I mean, just going back to the game, like, yeah, I mean, Saints fans, you know, can blame it on, like, the two costly penalties. But in the end, Jameis Winston and, like, five turnovers in the second half cost you the game. I mean the defense did all that they could, you know, to, to, you know, stay in the game. That was like really the only reason why the Saints were in that game because the offense continues to struggle. You know, you have the weapons, uh, but Jameis Winston, man, just the the miscues he had today, which is very, very bad. This is a game that, you know, the Saints probably should have won, you know, maybe if they went with another quarterback, maybe like Andy Dalton, honestly, uh, but yeah. So this is a rough loss uh, for the Saints, uh, but they'll have Carolina and Carolina next week to try and bounce back.
0: Yeah, I think the the largest thing. Yeah, uh, it, it's one of those cases where Jameis. It was almost like Jameis threw the pick, <laughs> and he didn't care. Like it was like the he's right. like,
1: "Oh wait, I'm actually on the Saints, not the Bucks anymore."
0: Right, and it was uh, it was weird. I was like. You know, you say Andy Dalton and I'm sitting there watching this game and I said, Well, I said, You have some you have a veteran quarterback on your yeah. bench sitting there. I said I mean, he balled out not? in the preseason. Yeah, why not mix it up? I mean, why not mix it up? Because I guarantee you that the Bucs didn't game plan for Andy Dalton to come in the game. No. uh, you know, and play it all. So they I'm could have a- pulled, you <laughs>
1: know, like what they did last year whenever Jameis got her, like the Bucks like didn't know like didn't game plan with Trevor Simeon and Trevor Simeon, you know <laughs> had like two touchdowns in the Saints win uh, last year uh, in the Superdome. Uh, but the Bucks, you know, you know, got to give credit to their defense. They they played really good. Devin White, I know that Wade has him on his in his fantasy team. He played a really good game uh, for the Bucs. So this was a much-needed uh, uh, win for the Bucks because uh, the Saints have, have really owned uh, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady was getting really pissed off. You know, he was chucking his helmet, chucking the Microsoft Service, tackle I mean, man – I don't know what was going through that man's head. It was just wild.
0: Yeah, I know Brady's uh, after NFL career, and that's uh, Microsoft Surface durability testing. I think he would be <laughs> a great, great advocate for that. Uh, but posing the question, uh, do you think we see Andy Dalton next week for the no, Saints? I, they're going to stick with Jameis.
2: Yeah. Stick uh, with
0: Jameis. I mean,
1: I don't see Andy Dalton, you know, being the answer quite yet.
2: You kind of stick with Jameis and if he leads you to five and eleven, then he leads you to one of these very talented rookie quarterbacks we're gonna see in the draft. Exactly and if he leads you to eleven and five or ten and six, somewhere in there. I guess there's seventeen games now, so my yeah, math's not 17. mapping. But um you know, somewhere in that ballpark, maybe he gets you in the playoffs and you just kinda of stick with him until something better comes along. But I I have a hard time believing anybody's gonna take over tampa bay in this division this year i mean i don't think tampa Bay's up there with some of the afc teams that we're seeing i think the nfc is inferior to the afc um overall but i do think that tom brady is still the best quarterback in that division and ultimately will push the buccaneers to the top
1: oh yeah by far i mean the other quarterbacks you have is baker mayfield you have marcus Mariota. marcus Mariota, you know has has shown some really strides with atlanta's offense i know uh, the Rams were really controlling that game, but they came back and uh, ultimately lost the game uh, by four points. But yeah, likewise, I think that all, we all picked uh, the Buccaneers uh, whenever we were previewing each division, so this really shouldn't be a shock uh, uh, that the Buccaneers uh, won the day uh, in New Orleans. Well, I think that New Orleans will be fine if, you know, if they can win uh, on the road against Carolina. Now, Carolina absolutely blew the doors off of the Saints uh, last year in Carolina, and then you gotta go to London and then you host uh, the Seahawks and the Bengals. So I think if they can win the next two games, then they'll they'll be just fine.
0: Yeah, I think uh, looking forward, I think it it pans out that they could settle in a little more now. playing Tampa Bay early in the season like this is a tough test. Um, and, and I think it prepares them. I mean, they're gonna have to do it again. So I mean yeah. you might as well you might as well start early and figure it out. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we could see Andy Dalton late in the season if something does come to pass with Jamin, Jameis. I'm sorry. And uh, it uh, could be interesting to see what the Saints do late in the season if they're sitting around 500 ball. Uh, so I, I think that poses another quarterback question ultimately with the San Francisco 49ers. Having Trey Lance go down today um, and having his foot do the, the 45 degree um, which is unfortunate for, for that organization and for his young career. Um, I think, do you think it was made to be that Jimmy Garoppolo is back in the starting role after all of the shenanigans that we dealt with off season about Jimmy G moving somewhere else? And here we go. He's right back where he started.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's,
1: cr- yeah, it's <laughs> definitely crazy how things can shape out, but I did see a report that Trey Lance uh, is out for the season, so it's going to be Jimmy G uh, for the rest of the season. I think it's actually good. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's better for the 49ers. I, I just don't really believe in Trey Lance. I know that he was a good quarterback at, at North Dakota State, but I just don't think that he has the tools to be an NFL quarterback. I know that 49ers think that he's just, you know, it's like the second coming of Jesus Christ himself, uh, but mm-hmm. – I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the you know the 49ers defense that they have, they got a really big win today uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, which was the same team that beat uh, Denver at home. So I think, you know, the Rams obviously didn't look good against the Bills, but I think that all the teams who face the Bills aren't going to look good. Uh, but i just think you know, that the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo's experience in, Shoot, I might have to go scoop up Jimmy G now that Trey Lance. Uh, I'm going to need a new backup quarterback. So, uh, but I think that honestly, uh, the 49ers are, are better off of Jimmy Garoppolo, anyways.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that uh, all of a sudden that division it pretty much looks like a walkaway for the Rams. I mean, the 49ers have some talent, but um, I didn't really like their offseason strategy. I think that they thought Trey Lance could be the guy who. Brought some athleticism to their quarterback position, you know, maybe put them over the top um, into a Super Bowl conversation. But, you know, they never moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo, which on paper that looks really good now, but he didn't show up to voluntary workouts and he didn't study the playbook as hard as he usually would because he figured he'd be learning another playbook. So, I don't know if we're going to, I mean, obviously the experience is there and he knows a lot of the plays, but I don't know if this is going to turn out as good as people think. Um, I think that the Rams probably win this division by like four games. I mean, I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah. yeah, especially the
1: way the Cardinals look today too. I Man, the
2: Cardinals just kind of look mediocre. I mean, they might, <laughs> the, the team that gets second in this division might sneak in as the second wild card, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I just think that, I don't know if the 49ers are there.
0: Yeah. And staying out West, you know, chiefs and chargers. We saw on Thursday night, Um, Justin Herbert battled it out as much as he could, but ultimately he is hurt um, with a fractured rib cartilage injury. Um, I don't expect him to be out for next week. I expect him to probably end up playing through that. Uh, But, what does it say more about the chiefs? I mean, we talked about how Tyree kill is gone, uh, and they still ended up squeaking out a win at home in, in a tough game. I mean, that was a battle game and it, it says a lot. I think about Mahomes and, and what he's able to do with some guys that he's not familiar with, um, new guys, I think bringing in, and I don't know what your guys thoughts are on, you know, what the chiefs can do going forward. Um, And where my bet stands. Is it crazy (laughs) to think
1: that they, that this Chiefs team might be better off with Tyreek Hill? I
2: mean, Tyreek Hill definitely made Patrick Mahomes uh, look like a a throw goddess sometimes. It doesn't
1: (laughs) look like Patrick Mahomes is skipping a beat though without. He's still really
2: talented, but uh, I mean, I don't think anybody gets worse without Tyreek Hill, but I think that, um, they're still a very deep football team, and I think that defense is better than people gave them credit yeah. for.
1: Yeah, their defense has shown a lot of improvement. I mean, they lost, you know, Tyron Matthew, and they still, you know, have the key pieces on the defensive front, like Chris Jones. You still have him. Their secondary, you know, has, has really done a good job. I mean, they held an uh, Arizona team that, you know, looked sluggish. I mean, most of their points came in, in garbage time. Arizona and Kyle Murray put up two touchdowns. I mean, this was like a 44-7 to game. Pretty much in the fourth quarter and then going to the Chargers game, you know, that's a high powered offense, you know, that can put up 30 points a game and you hold them a 24 points. So I'm very impressed with this uh, Chiefs team. I mean, I think that obviously I picked against them. I had the Chargers going all the way. I still think that happens, but I don't know, man. Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I this feels like another Super Bowl run up and coming for them because it looks like uh, the Bengals are down, they're too. and two and then AFC South. Who who the heck knows gonna win that division? That's gonna be a slugfest. Uh, the Jaguars oh, the probably, Yeah, the Jaguars are probably like the, the best team in that division so far. And then you look at the East, it's probably gonna be the Dolphins or or the Bills, probably probably the Bills. What am I talking about? I don't think of the the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills, but you never know. Uh, but I just think uh, that this is looking like a Chiefs Bills uh, again in the AFC Championship.
0: I think yeah. it very well could happen. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think Jacksonville's on the rise. I think a lot sooner than we we all thought. Yeah, uh, starting how they started, so I think uh, I think things are up for them. Uh, the Texans, you know in that division. I mean, they're going to probably be towards the bottom of the division still. uh, But it speaks a lot to what these teams are growing with and the talent that's coming out of the draft. I mean, you're seeing guys uh, come in faster than they're leaving the league. Um, So, I mean, it means something that these younger guys are taking over, uh, mainly on the offensive side, I think, uh, this year in the last couple of years, you know, with – with Jamar chase and, and Justin Jefferson and, and guys like that. I mean, young guys that have taken the league by storm. So I think it, uh, it speaks a lot to that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, moving on from that, we'll get, uh, I guess NASCAR, Neil, I guess, Wade. Uh, yes, I do have the NASCAR, NASCAR, Neil.
2: Update.
0: <laughs> yeah. All
2: right. NASCAR, Neil. Um, this is kind of a warm up week for him because this upcoming week is the big week. Um, for him personally, because the second round of the playoffs will be in uh, in Fort Worth at Texas Motor Speedway. So Neil's actually going to go to that next weekend and uh, give us a, a live recap that Sunday night, uh, potentially. So um, nonetheless, the NASCAR playoffs did kick off this weekend and it was nothing short of um, eventful. Actually, already Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon and Kevin Harvick have all been eliminated from the playoffs. And uh, traditionally, you know, you just don't see that in the first round, um, according to Neil. You know, he said that usually it's just kind of a warm-up for the ensuing races. But um, he said some real just no-namers kind of came to the front of the pack. And uh, all of a sudden, the playoffs will now be without some of those big names like like Dillon and Bush. Um, and, and Harvick of course is one of the more historic greats. Um, so with that, Kyle Busch has a little bit of time on his hands and, uh, to get ready for his new move, he is going to Richard Childress racing next season, and he's still going to race on the truck series, also changing teams and make and model to Chevrolet. Um, so Kyle Busch, his season ends prematurely and he gets, some new deals, new teams. And um, so, yeah, we're excited for the second round of the uh, – second race of the playoffs, rather, um, getting that live report from Neil and uh, see what his sounds and sights were from the Texas Motor Speedway.
0: Absolutely. All right. And uh, that section of our podcast was brought to you by Norse Beards. Uh, I'm growing mine out a little bit. Penn State still hasn't lost. Hey, um, you're good to keep I, growing it. I <laughs> might be there for the whole season. Oh, God almighty. I'm not going to know what to do. Um, (laughs) I'll be itching and watching the games at the same time. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. But, uh, yeah, but it is brought to you by Norse Beards if you guys want to check it out. Uh, I'm sure we will see the growth of Chet's beard uh, next week when you guys see him and see how it's working out for him. But if you guys want to go pick up some of their products uh, for your growing beard, uh, thank you, Chet. (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, it's it's getting there. It's getting there slowly. Uh, I still need to go pick up some of some of it myself, so I need to do that uh, here this week. But yeah, it's uh, head over to www.northbeards.com and enter that promo code OCS for twenty five percent off your beard men's needs. And um, moving on from that, I think we're gonna close out. I'm gonna pivot back oh, to upsets. college upsets. college football in our week four upsets coming uh. up. Who do we think is on Bring our up, alert. upset specialists, You better have yours in the comments section. Yeah,
2: we need to post <laughs> Chet's on here.
0: Yeah, we can get Chet's upsets here as well. But, yeah. uh, Tyler, lead us off with your with your upsets of the week. All right. We all went 4 for 4 last week.
1: I'm going to start. The Texas Longhorns. That was very impressive, to... by the way. Let me just say. Larry. <laughs> the Texas Longhorns will get upset by Texas Tech in Lubbock it is a very hostile environment to go into Texas Tech is number 22 in the country they're four and a half point favorites you know running off of a home victory against UTSA but they have a backup quarterback in Hudson and Card and he has looked okay but it's not Quinn Ewers on the field I think that the main key uh Texas Tech obviously had uh, a loss coming off of a loss uh to NC State, uh, they played well. Uh, their defense wasn't able to hold uh, NC State uh, for long, but I think that their offense uh, will be able to score against Texas' defense. Uh, I think that if they can stop uh, Texas' running game and make uh, Texas one-dimensional, I think that Texas Tech gets the job done, so I'm going to go Red Raiders in this.
2: Well, I got to say the Kent State Golden Flashes are just looking phenomenal this year, and, and Georgia might be sl- sleeping in till – I'm just kidding. All right, to, wake I'm up. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Too but much piggybacks for you, you've been eating. <laughs> in all seriousness, um, you know, one game that does jump out to me, Southern Cal is going all the way up to Corvallis, Oregon uh, for the late-night Pac-12 game. Uh, so that that could be interesting. Oregon State is 3-0, um, but I'm not ready to pull the trigger on that one. I am going to pull the trigger on Wake Forest defeating Clemson at, oh, you at must 11 have, a.m. I stole Jacob's took... <laughs> So for show value, I'll, you know what? Let's go Beavers. Let's go Oregon State. They're going to oh. knock off Jacob's number two overall team. So you can have the talk about Clemson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep and i'm gonna go with clemson on the road going to the demon deacons uh yeah man gonna be a crazy game uh, it's probably the biggest game in the acc of the year i think uh clemson traveling to here having trouble last week with louisiana tech for three quarters and then uh they ultimately <laughs> louisiana tech ultimately tapped out so uh but no i mean clemson is the seven i believe on the road uh, for that one. That is an 11 o'clock, well, noon kickoff, basically. Uh, so it will be interesting to see. But um, I think, you know, I think Wake is is better than teams expected, you know, people expected. Um, and I think ultimately it could happen. And that would really, I think, throw everybody's – uh CFB rankings for a week. If, if, if these ones, ones hit in.
2: there is a huge shake up if uh <laughs> Southern Cal and lose, Yeah we're
0: going to have a long talk next week about what's going to happen with our yeah, with our our, we
1: might need a new uh playoff for if both of those teams yes. lose
0: Yes uh and Chet uh Chet's going to roll with North Carolina over Notre Dame uh he said not much of an upset uh, but A&M finds a way to get it done against Arkansas at home.
1: Well, sorry to tell you, Chet, that game's actually in Jerry World in Arlington. That's not a home game for A&M. It's more Which of a home game for Arkansas, Arkansas because one. Jerry Jones is a former Razorback himself, so all the money will be towards the Razorback allotment. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I no, I think uh, I think North Carolina can I think North Carolina can win that
1: game. Yeah, that's an easy pick. I think that yeah. uh, North Carolina at home, I think that's going to be too much for Notre Dame's defense to handle. I mean, Drake May I think that's one of the most underrated quarterbacks. All the talk, you know, has been on sets and Bennett, CJ Stroud, but I think that Drake May, you know, could be a dark horse uh, sleeper Heisman candidate. I mean, you know, sprinkle a little money like Chet says on him. They
2: got to start winning some football games. Yeah, right, that's
1: so. I, I think they could. I mean, I mean. Jacob, you know, has been right on his ACC pick, so who knows? North Carolina might be able to run the table. You know, Pittsburgh, if, if Keaton Slovis doesn't return healthy. And, you know, you have Wake Forest and, and Clemson battling out on the other side Long with NC State because NC State uh, has yet to lose a game. Uh, so, yeah, I think the ACC, you know, is still wide open. And Miami looking absolutely terrible this week. Let's see. Yeah. Uh...
0: <laughs> <well>. so i <laughs> like how like
1: the first couple of weeks chet bets against a now he's gonna put all his money on he's a homer now. since since they beat his beloved miami he Hurray got games. his
2: upset now he wants new blood
0: <laughs> <laughs> she just moves on to the next one yes uh but yeah i i think those are some good ones let's hope we go four for four again uh this uh this weekend this upcoming weekend that is uh, but I think now we're getting into conference play, and I think things are going to go l- look yeah. a little better. There's going to be less upsets as we yeah, go. I think even for our parlays, so I, I hope that uh, for the sake of our betting odds uh, going forward that maybe now that conference play starting, maybe something can actually happen A little now. normalcy?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd
0: be good. A whole lot of unnormal has happened. Yeah. Uh, lately.
2: We should have parlayed those four upsets. And we yeah. Be-
0: we would have made <laughs> some money over the, the weekend. That's a good we idea, sure Chad. took all the money line, and then we would have won a lot of money. Chad, if, if you <laughs> want to throw $40 in and then us three will throw the like five in, then we can do that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's potential. I mean, that that's got potential to work. So, uh, as long as we're splitting it evenly, though, you know, at, at the end of the day when you put your 40 bucks in, uh, but no, so, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, that, uh, will close out with our last sponsor and that is righteous felon jerky uh chet don't tell me you're snacking on the jerky right now because uh, you probably are uh but if you guys want to head over to www.righteousfelon.com and pick up your jerky uh over there great stuff from what i've heard uh and it's not like your potato chips where you stick them in the uh or you, you know you open the bag and they're halfway down to the bottom is the first chip uh no they do fill it majority of the way from what i've seen uh chet said that doesn't sound even to me talking about the parlays yeah um yeah we'll have to talk about that Chet. so you know what i like you know how every week that chet says hey has
1: anyone played golf well, you know the one week that he actually plays golf in a golf tournament he's not even here yeah, nice.
2: must not have been too good. No, yeah, seems to me that he, he played, played really like, well. <laughs>
1: he doesn't he want to show himself on, on the Sunday night show here on the sports scramble?
2: <laughs> uh, actually, more like the week that he puts up 100 points in our uh, super mega loaded fantasy league where you should score 150 every week.
1: Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> well, Jonathan Taylor let him down this week.
2: I'm 0-2, though, so I can't really talk. Yeah. Jacob, your, your Green Bay running back has scored a touchdown. My running back has one point, so.
0: <laughs> well, nice. maybe it'll work out but no but, uh, said...
2: waddle is staying in the lineup he is moving in and not moving out so uh new team from here forward
0: <laughs> chet said his golf went very well uh so that's good to hear he's on the up and up figuring the swing out Chet, he's figuring the swing out uh but no if you guys do want to uh, check out that jerky once again. You guys can head over to www.righteousfellow.com. Use promo code OCSN and get fifteen percent off your purchase there. Uh, go check them out. They've got a ton of cool flavors uh, and neat things for you guys to try out. Uh, closing. Anything else, guys? I think Any we got crazy it. Things nope. that's happened. Uh, I think the only thing that was crazy for me was watching the Penn State game. I think last thing was watching the Penn State game. And you know how you know. I got to rag on you guys for this one, because, you know, the good old SEC, SEC. Well, <laughs> you see, Penn State fans decided to make their way down to the wall towards the end of the game and do their little SEC, SEC. So,
2: hey, that was well deserved. It was, uh, <laughs> it was well deserved.
0: I mean, if you beat a, a team like that, of like
1: forty-one to twelve, you deserved uh, the start up that chant. Even though he's probably going to be one of the more bottom teams in the SEC this year.
0: Yeah, they look like they're going to struggle. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> they're I'm, probably going to be
1: uh, dead last in the SEC I, West, probably.
0: Yeah, I might put my money for them not to have more than four wins this year. So, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, Auburn's a new Vandy. Oh, yeah, wow. I can agree. Is Vandy the new Auburn then, Chet? <laughs> uh, I don't know.
1: They kind of struggled against Northern Illinois. <laughs> they come still pulled out the win, now. and they have to go uh, to Alabama. So let's go. Let's you know answer that from a week from now after that Bama game. Oh my see God. If- could See if they don't if, get like blown out like they always do, like by sixty five. Could you imagine if Vandy wins?
2: No, I can't.
1: <laughs> if Vandy wins, that would be like major upset. That would be like the most historic upset in the world. That would top App State over Michigan by a heartbeat. Yeah.
0: Jesus. I think Tyler. I think if Vandy wins, that you got to like, then we're
1: just gonna have a whole hour on SEC shaved,
0: talk. Shaved head. Shaved head. If S- the it,
1: chaos creator himself.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah but uh closing guys thank you for joining uh we're just over the hour mark so we'll close out uh and we will see you guys uh again for next sunday night uh go check us out on all of our social media platforms Uh, you can find us at sports scrambled on uh, facebook and twitter shoot us some questions over there and uh we will try to answer them to the best of our, our ability and get them on the show And, of course, tomorrow at 3, you can see Tyler and I's uh, college football coast-to-coast show. We will recap uh, last week and look forward to the upcoming week. And then, finally, the SEC uh, corner over there with Southeast Sports Talk with – what? We're back. We're back to I mean, SEC talk. We're back to SEC talk. So we're back to the original
1: SEC talk. Yep. We I didn't like the rebrand so much. Copyrights we, aside. we got uh, We got <laughs> a lot of fans uh, that DM me personally that did not like the rebrand. So we're back. So they're
0: back to SEC talk. If you guys want to go check Wade and Tyler out, out well, on that the doesn't Justin.
2: stand for Southeastern Conference talk. That's just using three <laughs> letters that we happen to like. It's like
1: ABC at SEC.
2: (laughs) I hit the random letter generator like 482 times, and uh, yeah, it was random.
0: And it came out to SEC finally. Yeah. Uh, But you guys can check them out on Tuesdays on Facebook uh, at eight o'clock. Those guys put on a really good show. And uh, we will see you guys again. Super exciting Uh, college. (laughs) Yes. Correct. (laughs) We We will see you guys again next Sunday night. Uh, thanks guys for joining me and we'll see you then uh-huh. Thank sure. you.